Day nine, the eighth story of the Decameron. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Philippa Jevons. The Decameron by Giovanni Boccaccio. Translated by J. M. Rigg. Day nine, the eighth story. Biondello gulls Chacco in the matter of a breakfast, for which prank Chacco is cunningly avenged on Biondello, causing him to be shamefully beaten. All the company, by common consent, pronounced it no dream, but a vision that Talano had had in his sleep. So exactly, no circumstance lacking, had it fallen out according as he had seen it. However, as soon as all had done speaking, the queen bade Lauretta follow suit which Lauretta did on this wise. As, most discreet my ladies, those that have preceded me to-day have almost all taken their cue from somewhat that has been said before, so, prompted by the stern vengeance taken by the scholar in Pampinea's narrative of yesterday, I am minded to tell you of a vengeance that was indeed less savage, but for all that grievous enough to him on whom it was wreaked. Wherefore I say that there was once at Florence one that all folk called Chacco, a man second to none that ever lived for inordinate gluttony, who, lacking the means to support the expenditure which his gluttony demanded, and being for the rest well-mannered and well-furnished with excellent and merry jests, did, without turning exactly court jester, cultivate a somewhat biting wit, and loved to frequent the houses of the rich and such as kept good tables, whither, bidden or unbidden, he not seldom resorted for breakfast or supper." There was also in those days at Florence one that was called Biondello, a man very short of stature, and not a little debonair, more trim than any fly, with his blond locks surmounted by a coif, and never a hair out of place, and he and Chacco were two of a trade. Now, one morning in Lent, Biondello, being in the fish-market, purchasing two mighty fat lampreys for Messavieri de Cerchi, was observed thus engaged by Chacco, who came up to him, and, "'What means this?' quoth he. "'Why,' replied Biondello, "'tis that yester-eve Messer Corso Donati had three lampreys, much finer than these, and a sturgeon sent to his house, but as they did not suffice for a breakfast that he is to give certain gentlemen, he has commissioned me to buy these two beside. Will there not be there?' "'Ay, marry, that will I,' returned Giacco and in what he deemed due time he hied him to Messer Corso Donati's house, where he found him with some of his neighbours not yet gone to breakfast. And being asked by Messer Corso with what intent he was come, he answered, "'I am come, sir, to breakfast with you and your company.' "'And welcome art thou,' returned Messer Corso. "'Go we then to breakfast, for tis now the time.' So to table they went, where naught was set before them but peas and the inward part of the tunny salted, and afterwards the common fish of the Arno fried. Wherefore Giacco, not a little wroth at the trick that he perceived Biondello had played him, resolved to pay him out. And not many days after, Biondello, who had meanwhile had many a laugh with his friends over Giacco's discomfiture, met him, and after greeting him, asked him with a laugh what Messer Corso's lampreys had been like. "'That question,' replied Chacco, "'thou wilt be able to answer much better than I before eight days are gone by.' 
and passing from Biondello upon the word, he went forthwith and hired a cousining rogue, and having thrust a glass bottle into his hand, brought him within sight of the loggia di Caviciuli, and there, pointing to a knight, one Messer Filippo Argenti, a tall man and stout and of a high courage, and haughty, choleric, and cross-grained as ne'er another, he said to him, Thou wilt go flask in hand to Messer Filippo, and wilt say to him, I am sent for you, sir, by Biondello, who entreats you to be pleased to colour this flask for him with some of your good red wine, for that he is minded to have a good time with his catamites. And of all things have a care that he lay not hands upon thee, for he would make thee rue the day and would spoil my sport. Have I all else to say? inquired the rogue. Nothing more, returned Chaco. And now get thee gone, and when thou hast delivered the message, bring me back the flask, and I will pay thee. So away went the rogue, and did the errand to Messer Filippo, who forthwith, being a hasty man, jumped to the conclusion that Biondello, whom he knew, was making mock of him, and while an angry flush overspread his face, "'Colour the flask, forsooth,' quoth he, and "'Catamites! God send thee and him a bad year!' and therewith up he started and reached forward to lay hold of the rogue, who, being on the alert, gave him the slip and was off, and reported Messer Filippo's answer to Chiaco, who had observed what had passed. Having paid the rogue, Chiaco rested not until he had found Biondello, to whom, "'Was thou but now?' quoth he, "'at the lodge de Cavaciuli.' "'Indeed, no,' replied Biondello. "'Wherefore such a question?' "'Because,' returned Chaco, "'I may tell thee that thou art sought for by Messer Filippo, "'for what cause I know not.' "'Good,' quoth Biondello, "'I will go thither and speak with him.' "'So away went Biondello, "'and Chaco followed him to see what course the affair would take. "'Now, having failed to catch the rogue, "'Messer Filippo was still very wroth, "'and inly fumed and fretted, being unable to make out aught from what the rogue had said, save that Biondello was set on by some one or another to flout him. And while he thus vexed his spirit, up came Biondello, whom he no sooner espied than he made for him, and dealt him a mighty blow in the face, and tore his hair and coif, and cast his capuch on the ground, and to his, "'Alas, sir, what means this?' Still beating him amain, "'Traitor!' cried he. I will give thee to know what it means to send me such a message. Colour the flask, forsooth, and catamites. Dost thou take me for a stripling to be befooled by thee? And therewith he pummeled Biondello's face all over with a pair of fists that were liker to iron than aught else, until it was but a mass of bruises. He also tore and dishevelled all his hair, tumbled him in the mud, rent all his clothes upon his back, and that without allowing him breathing space to ask why he thus used him, or so much as utter a word. "'Colour me the flask, and catamites,' rang in his ears, but what the words signified he knew not. In the end, very badly beaten, and in very sorry and ragged trim, many folk having gathered around him, they, albeit not without the utmost difficulty, rescued him from Messer Filippo's hands, and told him why Messer Filippo had thus used him, censuring him for sending him such a message, and adding that thenceforth he would know Messer Filippo better, and that he was not a man to be trifled with. Biondello told them in tearful exculpation that he had never sent for wine to Messer Filippo, 
Then, when they had put him in a little better trim, crestfallen and woebegone, he went home, imputing his misadventure to Chiaco. And when, many days afterwards, the marks of his ill-usage being gone from his face, he began to go abroad again, it chanced that Chiaco met him, and with a laugh, Biondello, quoth he, how dost thou relish Messer Filippo's wine? Why, as to that, replied Biondello, would thou hadst relished the lampreys of Messer Corso as much? So, returned Chiaco, such meat as thou then gavest me, thou mayst henceforth give me as often as art so minded, and I will give thee even such drink as I have given thee. So, Biondello, witting that against Chaco his might was not equal to his spite, prayed God for his peace, and was careful never to flout him again. End of day nine, the eighth story.